I have learned so much in the last three years on balance. Um, and what I learned is that there's really no such thing as balance when you are a solopreneur or entrepreneur. It's really more of a dance, right? You're, you're sort of giving and taking and contributing more time to one area versus another um, at certain points. Right now, my emphasis or my efforts are really around my for-profit business at this very juncture because the demand has just gone up for obvious reasons around diversity, equity, and inclusion <laughs> conversations. And I work with global organizations, you know, um, and sometimes global companies will reach out to me for cross-cultural communication conversations, which all fi falls into, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion. Because that there's a pull there, um, what I'm doing right now as far as my foundations, really focusing on research, finding, identifying grants, learning as much as I can even though I've lived experience, it's really important for me to collect stories from others because this foundation is not about my journey. It's about the journey of others. So it's really critical that I do the work to learn and listen are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell, from the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what, I can fix that. I can help people. I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence so you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews and I'm live on the um, line today with Martine Kalauer. Martine, are you there? I am here, Richard. Nice to be here. Awesome. Glad to have you here. And for those of you who are following along with our journey, we are still stuck in um, Kissimmee, Florida for our travels because of the whole Corona stuff. Martine, you're coming in, you said from DC, is that right? That is correct. Awesome. How is the uh, um, is, how how is DC actually? I know on the news they're making it out to be pretty terrible, but is it as bad as they make it out to be up there? You know what? Um, there it depends on your perspective, right? Um, but there is it is um, the nation's capital, so it would make sense that um, it's the culmination of a lot of different emotions, um, a lot of different feelings and sentiments are happening and a lot of action. Um, thankfully, I've sort of been socially distancing, kind of keeping to myself. <laughs> so I stay out of the action. Yeah, as long as you're safe while, and healthy, right? Safe and healthy. And once in a while, I venture outside, but it's very humid out today. So I'm staying in the cool, air-conditioned um, home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This is our, our first time for summer in Florida in our travels. And we, it rains a lot here. I was not it expecting does. that. Like every afternoon, I, you can almost set I'm your clock to it. Florida. So, <laughs> yeah. so for, um, for our guests who don't know you, I want to run through a quick introduction um, of what you do. Um, and then we'll get into your story. So Martine is an organizational development expert, published author, speaker, consultant, and leadership coach for corporate executives. Got over 10 years of professional experience working with Fortune 500 companies and tech startups developing people to increase performance and productivity. Um, and I know you said you've got some new things that are going on in your business. You want to share a little bit about those. Um, so basically to start off with, tell me what your business is like now. 
Um, what, yeah. Who does you serve and what do you do for them? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Richard, I do a couple of things. So my business is, I've got like, two arms of my business. One is for-profit and one is not-for-profit. The for-profit business really focuses on um, consulting and training on diversity, equity, and inclusion as well as management development. And I work, so my audience or my client are corporations, businesses, organizations, um, typically those um, that are, have gone through mergers and acquisitions or who are wanting to foster um, a, a more equitable organization in response to, you know, the national conversation around race relations. So that's one arm of my business. And I also do speaking engagements around that. The other arm of my business that is more nonprofit based is really focused on immigration, um, particularly working with um, stateless persons and undocumented immigrants or dreamers because that's what I was at one point. And so what I do in a nutshell is I have a foundation that supports this community. It's called Stateless and Dreamers Foundation. Acronym is SAD, SAD Foundation. And its job is to provide um, individuals, stateless persons and dreamers with resources so that they can um, have a lawful home in the United States of America. Awesome. So for just for those of us in the audience who might not know, can you can you just give a brief definition of what a stateless person and what a dreamer is? Yes, absolutely. So um, I'll start with a stateless person is someone who does not have a country that or nationality. So essentially, the country that they were born in does not recognize them as a citizen. And what and sometimes they will migrate to another country that also doesn't recognize them as a citizen. A lot of that can, has to do with, there are a lot of reasons why someone becomes stateless. Um, one of the more common reasons now, um, is through climate change. So when people have to migrate or they lose, uh, their particular country or, um, region is no longer livable, they're forced to migrate to a new, new location. And so they no longer have and nationality of that existing place or that former country because it's no longer livable, and if they're not received as a uh, as a resident of the new new country, they don't have status, and that's one way that they can become stateless. There are 12 million stateless people in the world. I was one of them, and that had a. My story is a long story, but ultimately, um, I was born in Zambia. My family's from DR Congo, um, both countries in Africa. I came to the United States when I was four years old, legally, with my mother, and um, I became an orphan after my mother and stepfather died. I fell out of status, and I had no state and no country to recognize me. Dreamers typically are individuals who actually uh, come to the United States as a result of coming with their parents, typically legally, and um, the average age of dreamers is two years old, and um, because they lose status where they overstay their visa, that's typically the common way they lose status, they become undocumented. And, um, and so that's how they, they fall into the category of dreamers, because they came in as children, as minors, and then, you know, eventually, um, you know, grew up um, as undocumented immigrants in the United States. So um, what you do with your foundation is you help those people get their legal status situated here in the States? 
Yeah. So providing resources, because the critical uh, piece of getting legal status is being able to have someone represent you, a reputable attorney, being able to source and identify um, a reputable attorney and have the, the resources to be able to afford an attorney. Also having the resources to afford um, support, mental health support, because this process and this journey, as we may see reflected in the news, it's very painful. Um, it's draining. It's traumatizing um, on so many levels. And so being able to provide these individuals with resources to an attorney and mental health counseling and also rehabilitation services. So professional development training, that's one of the things that I'm familiar with. So being able to support them in resume building and positioning themselves to go into the workforce when they are able to. So all of these things help them to secure themselves and, and create a home um, lawfully in the United States and allow them to be thriving members of the, um, you know, of America, the United States of America. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just because I'm curious, how, how does your, your sort of work life split into those two categories between your consulting yeah. practice and your nonprofit practice? That's such a good question. And I think that's one that I, I, I have learned so much in the last three years on balance. Um, and what I learned is that there's really no such thing as balance when you are um, a solopreneur or entrepreneur. It's really more of a dance, right? You're, you're sort of giving and taking and uh, contributing more time to one area versus another um, at certain points. So right now I've been, you know, my, my emphasis or my efforts are really around my for-profit business business at this very uh, juncture um, because the demand has just gone up for obvious reasons around diversity, equity, and inclusion yeah, conversations. So, and I work with global organizations, you know, um, and sometimes global companies will reach out to me for cross-cultural communication conversations, which all fi falls into, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion. So because that there's a pull there, um, what I'm doing right now, as far as my foundations, really uh, focusing on research, you know, finding, identifying grants, um, learning as much as I can. Even though I've lived experience, it's really important for me to collect stories from others um, because this foundation is not about my journey. It's about the journey of others. So it's really critical that I do the work to learn and listen. So that I'm doing that and and so that gives me a little bit more um, time to really focus on my my for profit business. And at the end of the day, it's also really about being able to put food on the table, right? And and being able to um, also con contribute um, also contribute to my non nonprofit. So so that's that's how I'm yeah, sort of dancing yeah. with these two worlds right now. My, uh... My, I've always I've always hated that uh, that whole work life balance scale that they use as a metaphor. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's like this idea that you're somehow you're going to get it to measure up perfectly, and it never works that way. It and never, I've always figured the, the it never works. Yeah. And even with sleep, you know, the the funniest thing, and I'm sure I'm going off on a tangent, so please stop me, Richard, because I I love tangents here. Um, but I um you know I thought oh as an entrepreneur I will have you know. It's so exciting because now I don't have to work for anyone else. I work for myself. I have all this time in the world. I can just wake up when I want. I can go to sleep when I want. But I find that I'm working way more. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> now than I ever had uh, before when I work for somebody else. But it's I, I it's so rewarding. It's absolutely rewarding for me. And every day, I am so fortunate that I can I can show up for myself and. And for these dreams um, that I have, and I, it, it has an impact, a greater impact. You know, it's got a ripple effect. Yeah. Um, you know, on on other people, and that's what really motivates me and drives me to keep going. Absolutely. So, what I want to find out from you then is your origin story, right? So, we say on this show all the time, every good comic book hero has an origin story. It's the thing that made them into a hero. Right, yeah. that they are today. You know, I want to hear that story from you. Were you born a hero or were you bit by the uh, radioactive spider that made you want to start a business, right? Um, or did you start in a job and eventually move into becoming an entrepreneur? Basically, I want to find out where you came from um, to start doing what you do now. Yeah, that's a really great question. Was I born a hero? I'd love to say that. that I, mean, I, I mean, but I honestly think that, you know, I had the potential to, when I was, I was born with the potential of being a hero. However, I had to, um, maybe I had to develop, um, the strength to wear that cape because if I were as a superhero, I'm, I, my, I have a cape, I'm able to fly and and maneuver everywhere. And, um, I developed, you know, um, you know, the muscles to be able to fly in and, and be a superhero through my own journeys and my struggles and my challenges, um, particularly as being um, stateless and undocumented. And I was in deportation proceedings for seven years of my life. So really fighting to not be placed in a detention facility indefinitely, knowing that if I was, I probably wouldn't make it out alive, right? And so um, for me, it was really about survival and what it takes to survive. And I didn't just want to survive. I wanted to thrive. So it was really about my ability to learn how to um, get people to not just help me because I never wanted anyone to see me as a charity, but to really want to invest in me, right? To see, wow, this person, this young woman has potential and it behooves me to want to see, you know, um, her out, you know, uh, live, live through, live out her vision. And so that is what I was committed to doing. And so I started to gain the muscle memory on, on getting people to, um, invest in me. I learned how to use my voice and to tell my story. I learned how to multitask. Um, I mean, at the same time that I was working a job, I also had, I was maneuvering through two immigration lawyers. I was going to immigration hearings. Um, I, you know, I was having emotional breakdowns maybe once a week, if not more, because I was terrified of my, like where my life was going and, and what would happen to me physically, um, because of my lack of status. I learned to network, right? It was really about, not just about showing up in a room, but it was about building relationships and following up on those relationships. I also learned, um, the, the power of, my voice. I mean, I said that earlier about storytelling, but really how to harness my voice and how to um, not appear downtrodden, even when I felt I didn't always feel my best, how to position myself, you know, so that people really saw me as someone who, yeah, this is, she's worth, you know, my time. People don't necessarily 
you know, if people feel pity for you, um, they, they see you as charity and, and it's, it's short lived, you know, that the time that they spend, um, supporting you is short lived, but when people, you know, when they're inspired by you and they're inspired by your story, your energy, your vision, I mean, they're committed, right. And it's not necessarily financial. It's just their emotional commitment, their time. And so these skills literally influence everything that I'm doing today. You know, I, I've spoken on the TEDx stage. I, I speak all the time. I get paid to speak about immigration, about diversity, equity, inclusion, and about management training and my own story. And every time I speak, people come up to me afterwards and say, you're an amazing storyteller. Where did you learn that skill? And I'm thinking, I mean, my whole life, I, all I, I had to tell my story. That was what I was forced to do as a result of my immigration journey. Every time I went into that courtroom, I had to retell my story to get people to hear me. So that's where I developed that skill. You know, this, you know, as far as being a, a consultant and a trainer and having to show up and, you know, I'm, I'm coaching CEOs of companies. I am, I'm advising, you know, the head of human resources at other companies. I'm training, um, individuals who have much, you know, have tenure in their companies and I show up as the expert. How am I able to do that? Because I had to do it all my life. I was always fighting for people to see me fighting for, my, my ability to survive, you know, to, you know, it was during those interviews that I had for college, for grad school, it was really about my ability to get that person to want to invest in me. So these are actually the critical skills that have helped harness um, the business that I have today, the work that I do. It's really about my ability to tell stories, um, my ability to empower other people, right? Through my own experiences, yeah, my yeah. ability to get people to see me and hear me and also my diplomacy. I learned that, you know, just through my experiences, my journey, and right. then my ability to multitask. <laughs> it sounds like your, uh, it sounds like your journey sort of forced you to become the hero you are, right? That's where you, right. Had, you had to learn these skills and develop them That's right. um, in order to, in order to get where you are, which is, yeah. which is an interesting thing, right? Not all of us have to go through that type of a crucible to build our skills, right? We have other other things that we, uh, we've done. But yeah, it sounds like you've come out on the other side of that with a lot of skills, which I think ties nicely into my next question I have for you, which is about your superpowers. <laughs> so we say every iconic hero has a superpower, whether that's a fancy flying suit made by a genius intellect or the ability to call down thunder from the sky. In the real world, heroes have what I call a zone of genius, right? Um, which is a skill or it's a set of skills that you either were born with or you developed over time that energize everything else that you do, right? They're the ones that, 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 that you know, bring life to all of your skills. The superpower is really what sets you apart and allows you to help other people slay their villains, right? And come out on top in their journeys. Um, so if, you know, looking through all the things that you just mentioned, what do you think the one skill is that is your superpower that really lets you help others? I would say empathy. Empathy is my superpower um, because it's allowed me to maneuver into different spaces and see things from different lenses and different perspectives. Um, my own story and my own journey has forced me to sort of live in different spaces and, and connect with different communities of people. But my ability to be empathetic has allowed me to also understand somebody who um, shows up 
um, or understands or comes from has a different perspective. My willingness to listen, my willingness to understand, my willingness, my assumption that for the most part, people have their intentions are generally good. Maybe the way they communicate it is not always effective or it's not always clear, but I always, I generally have, I go into conversations um, with that assumption. Or if that person is not, does not have a good, positive and good intentions towards me, um, I still go into the conversation assuming that there's something I could learn from this. So I really do have um, this ability to be empathetic and then illustrate that with up to others. And I think that is what um, makes, gives me the superpower and that has allowed me to um, maneuver through life because I'm able to mirror other people in a lot of ways. And we all know, you know, one of the key criteria or one of the critical components of sales is mirroring. When someone is able to connect with you because you're able to connect with them, there's a level of comfort that's established. And so that really starts with understanding the other person. And for me, um, it really starts, the foundation of that is empathy. Yeah, yeah. Empathy is an interesting superpower. I've I've actually been surprised how how many people I've had on the show that empathy is a superpower that they mention. Yeah. Um, as as where they are, a lot of them tend to be in that coaching consulting space because it might be you know a, a a foundational skill there. But empathy is that ability to put yourself in the other person's shoes, like physically and mentally and emotionally, right. and really understand them and where they're coming from and how they view the world. Um, and then be able to pull yourself back out and give them good advice because of that, because you see the world the way they see it, right? Yeah. And that's it's not something it's not something that everyone can do, right? And it's a it's an interesting skill to both learn and then also put into practice in um, in a really good way. And it's one of the things that like um, it's always struck me like the the best um, like it, this this is probably off topic, but you know the best villains in you know, in comic books or in TV series or anywhere, they're always the ones that you can connect with, you can empathize with like, right. what they're feeling and what they're doing, That's right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and because because nobody is a villain in their own story, right? Yeah. Like yeah. like you said, they have they have good intentions. Yeah. And you know, generally speaking, I say this, I, I say to people all the time, when people know better, they do better. Right. That's right. Uh, That's so I love what you said, that statement. No that quote, no one's a villain in their own story. That's so um, so, so accurate. And in the work that I'm not surprised that some of your past guests, guests have also said empathy, because at the end of the day, if the work, when you think about being an entrepreneur and, um, and, and really people, you know, you have to influence people, right. To, to get any, to, to even share and communicate your product. It's really about influencing people. You really do need to be able to connect with them. And at the end of the, at the end of the day, for me, you know, I use empathy as a tool, an avenue to empower people, right. I use empathy yeah. um, to connect with people so that I can then share my story, get them to share their story, and then therefore empower them. And that's in the non-for-profit space and the for-profit space. My job is literally yeah, yeah. to empower people. You, you equip them with the tools they need to to come out on top in their journey. That's right. That's correct. <laughs> awesome. So um, I want to I want to 
flip that question on its head, right? So if your your superpower is empathy, then you know you have the fatal flaws the other side of that. Right? Yeah. So every Superman has his kryptonite, and every Wonder Woman can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad. You probably have a fatal flaw that has um, held you back in your business, right? Something that um, you've struggled with. Some of the ones that I struggled with, um, you know, growing my business has been things like perfectionism that has kept uh-huh. me from shipping product. Um, or lack of self-care, where I let my uh, clients walk all over me instead of standing up for you know myself and my value and those kind of things. Or you know being a visionary but lacking the discipline to actually implement the minutia of the everyday stuff. Right, those are some of the things I struggled with. But I think more important than what the flaw is is how you've worked on rectifying it. Um, so people who are in our audience might learn a little bit from your experience there. Yes, my fatal flaw, which I am learning to. I'm evolving from is saying yes to everything. I was that yes woman because I love saying yes. It makes me feel so good because, you know, I love the reaction people have. So people would, you know, and it was saying yes to a myriad of things. People would have all these suggestions on things that I could do for my business. So I would say, yes, that sounds great. Or would you like to interview on this show? Yes, absolutely. Would you like to do this? Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. And then I found that I was burned out, right? And there was something that just were not in direct alignment with where I was trying to go. And by saying yes to everything, I was constantly pulled in multiple directions and it was just a distraction and I wasn't able to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. Um, and it's, and it's easy to become a little, to lose sight of your focus when you say yes to everything. And one of my favorite sayings is like, when you say yes to, um, when you say yes to everyone else, you're saying no to yourself. And that's ultimately what I learned. And so, um, I now hold back on saying yes. I typically, because I still love the sound of saying yes, and I love the reaction I get. But before I do that, I typically ask if the person can share a little bit more information. And then I also ask, when can I get back to you? I at least give myself a day or two to really think about, you know, this opportunity that I'm being presented with, because most things are presented as opportunities, right? So it's easy to want to say yes to all of them, but I have to come back, you know, sit with myself and go, all right, well, this is where I'm trying to go with my business. This is where I'm trying to go with my nonprofit. How does taking on this opportunity align with where I'm, you know, where I'm headed and my goals. And what I'm finding is that oftentimes it's not, it's not an alignment. It's a nice to have and it's cool and it's fun and it's exciting, but it really isn't in direct alignment with anything I'm trying to accomplish. And so I'm able to then, you know, um, politely say no. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said yes to come on our show. Oh, um, but I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you for having one me. Of the, uh, one of the things that uh, that just strikes me because I've been there, right? Is that 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 it's a self care, right? Where right. you put yourself put yourself last, you put everyone else first. Yes, and it's that you know they tell you and you know, everyone who's been on the plane, they always say put your own mask on first, and you can help put the mask on your kids or on your neighbors or whatever, right? And if you don't take care of yourself, um, then you can't you can't do what you need to do in your business and you know actually provide value and do those things. And that comes from everything from taking care of your health to knowing when to say no. To you know, I, I we talk all the time about giving yourself permission to play, right? Actually, go out and relax and enjoy a little bit of this life that you uh, you have only one chance to live, because um, it helps you be more creative when you come back to work. Um, so I think that self care, yeah. 
yeah, that self-care thing is a hard thing to learn, especially I know um, uh, in early in my entrepreneur career, I had thought that, um, and it, it was mistaken thinking, right? The more I said yes, and the more work I did, the better results I would get. And I realized that all it was doing was making me sick and tired. Yeah. And then you're <laughs> running around in circles, right? Um, yeah. I can say that it's so, it's, it's not a coincidence that, you know, since in the last four or five months, you know, since the onset of COVID, the, our, this pandemic, I've slowed down a little bit, you know, in terms of my, my wanting to get involved in various volunteer opportunities and, and, you know, support and do things for all these, you know, friends at every request that I used to get, I would say yes to, I've slowed down, right. Because of the pandemic and us having to, you know, be indoors uh, more often than not, I've slowed down and that, I've been able to get a lot more clear on what I'm trying to accomplish. And as a result, right. And that, and there's been more self care because of it as well. And as a result, um, you know, my business is thriving a lot more. So it's, it's no coincidence. Yeah. That is uh, awesome, and I'm glad to hear that because um, I know, you know, in my own life, as I learned to say no more, and as I learned to do proper self care, my business has grown as a result of that. Um, but I want to, uh, I want to uh, move on and talk a little bit about your common enemy, right? And so, if your uh, your common enemy is something, you know, every superhero has their arch nemesis, so to speak. It's a thing that they constantly have to fight against in their world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and in the world of business, it takes many forms, but generally speaking, we put it in the context of your clients, right? So the these corporations that you're working with, yes, um, and it's a mindset or it's a flaw that you're constantly having to fight fight to overcome, right? So that you can get them better, cheaper, faster, or higher degree of results, whatever it is you're looking to do for them. It's that thing that you're constantly banging your head against the wall and be like, dang, I, I always have to fight against this with my clients. And yeah. if you had a magic wand and you could just bop them on the head before you started working and get rid of that, what would that common enemy be in your business? That's a great question. Um, I actually have two, but I'll, I'll start with one. If we have time, I'll go into the other <laughs> second one. So for me, it's usually being able to clearly identify who is the decision maker right away, right? Being able to access the decision maker um, for that business or that organization right away. And it, it doesn't matter. Sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm always very clear when reaching out um, to organizations um, as to what my, you know, my mission is and what I, what I'm, what I can offer and whom I'd like to connect with and speak with. But you still, there's usually some level of bureaucracy or, you know, red tape that, you know, that's just standard for most organizations. Some organizations have more of it than others. And so it would just be great, you know, um, to be able to go directly to that decision maker, as opposed to spending a couple of days talking to person X and then being passed on to person Y and then going back. So that's just something that I mean, I imagine that, um, quite a number of people in my line of work um, deal with. And um, you can be as clear and as direct as you want to be, but that's sometimes just part of the process. And that's quite frankly, some of the things that, you know, someone like myself, when, you know, you're hired within an organization, that's one of the things you want to support the organization and being able to to work through. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the whole idea of finding the decision maker. Um, and I remember when I was working with companies, um, like I, I worked for a company once where I was in like C-level executive. 
yes, team. Exactly. And I remember like, it's such a, it's such an interesting world because like every decision, it's like the whole team has to come in and weigh yeah. in on whether or not they have any expertise in that area. And it's okay. like, like I was the marketing director and it's like, Hey, I've got it. We're going to run this marketing campaign. And the finance director would be like, well, I don't like that messaging. And I'm like, but you don't understand psychological messaging. Like, right. you know, you can tell us whether or not we have the budget for it, but I don't understand why your opinion is valid. Otherwise, right? Right. But it's like, that's just the corporate red tape that you deal with. And all organizations do that. Um, so when you come in as an outside consultant, um, you sort of have to play that ping pong and figure out, okay, who's the person that's actually going to say yes. That's right. Um, that's and, right. you know, allow me to help them the way that, you know, they hired me to help them. Yeah. And it also just, it requires just knowing how to navigate people. And I, and that's why I'm really grateful that I spent um, 12 years in the corporate world, because I also know just the corporate dynamics and how to um, maneuver through various um, leadership or executives. And so that, that's been really helpful and beneficial for me, but absolutely it's that, that corporate red tape is not always ideal it's not always <laughs> line of work. so so the flip side then of your common enemy is your driving force right so just like spider-man fights to save new york or batman fights to save gotham where google fights to index and categorize all the world's information i want to know what it is that you fight for right your mission so to speak what is that giving people a voice and i mean when you think about it in the context of not-for-profit it's giving stateless persons dreamers a voice an opportunity and a way to um, I create their own identity. And that starts with their voice. Um, it's really, you know, and it, th- this community is often, they often feel they lose their dignity in the process of having to fight for themselves and they feel disempowered. And when that happens, they lose their voice. And so I want to restore their voice and their dignity. And when you think about in the corporate setting, when I come you know, come in as a consultant and then as a trainer, it's typically to support new managers, um, to give them the tools to be effective, right. And have a voice an influential voice within the organization in the company. Um, when I come in to do diversity, equity, and inclusion work or consulting, it's the same thing. It's to help, um, the organization have a lot more clarity on the people and um, the circumstances that don't allow for some individuals to have a, a stronger voice in the organization. So at the end of the day, that is what I do. It's I help to harness harness people's voices. Yeah. So the thing that, that reminds me um, of it reminds me of something that I, I talk about all the time with building relationships, right? I say that uh, human beings, just as a species, we're, we're a story-born people. Mm-hmm. Right, and we judge the depth of our relationships based on how much of the other person's story we know. Mm-hmm. Right, so right. so it's it's a it's sort of like a climbing stair step of like an acquaintance is someone who you might know their name but you don't know their story, right? And a friend might be someone whose story you know, right? And you know a best friend might be someone who you you know a lot of their stories and like your your closest. You might have friend, lived right? Maybe your story wife. with them. Yeah, right. Where yeah. you've you know like my wife for instance. I've heard every story that she has to tell my wife and, and she's heard all of mine. The only way that we can grow our relationship any deeper is to go out and create new stories together. Right. And that's how we judge the depth of our relationships is by, um, is by learning each other's stories. So when you talk about giving someone their voice, you're teaching them how to tell their story and how to hear other people's stories so that, you know, cause, cause 
when you hear about, you know, the dreamers and you hear about stateless people, you, know, you hear about this in the news a lot, um, until you start to realize and hear those people's stories, it's hard to connect with them That's and hard right. to, to understand right. the, the problems that they're going, you know, that they're facing. Right. Because it's facts and figures are not stories. When you hear someone's story, that's where the empathy comes in. That's where you're able to see a little bit of yourself in them. And that's where that human connection comes from and where it develops. Right. And that's where that understanding comes from as well. So my, my next question for you then is, it's generally it's practical with this a practical portion of the show, we call it the hero's tool belt. But I want to I want to focus a little bit on how you help people develop their voice. So um, what I what we say is, you know, every superhero has their tool belt, right? You know, awesome gadgets like batarangs or web slingers or laser eyes or whatever. Um, and talk about one or two tools that you use every day in your business, right? Um, and you know, it could be anything from your notepad, your calendar, your marketing tools, your product delivery. Um, but if we could, I want to talk, if you have any specific tools you use to help people learn to develop their voice or to develop their story, what, you know, where, where do those sort of fit into your, your practical like tool sets? That's really great. Um, so I'll start with some of the tools that like, you know, standard tools that I use for my business. One is yes, my, my calendar. I, I cannot, I could not function without my calendar. I actually have, um, I've got a Google calendar. I have an outlook calendar. I got to figure out how I can sync those two together, but all my other calendars sync together. And then I have a to do list. So every night, you know, I, I write down all the things that I need to get done for the next day. Um, and then I also have, um, it's expensify. So that's, you know, I track my finances and, you know, do all the bookkeeping in various spreadsheets and systems. But um, it's really important that all of those receipts and everything else, you're able to collect them and, and, you know, upload those receipts. Because in the past, what I learned was doing that, waiting until the end of the year um, to collect all that information, to pass it on to your accountant is a nightmare. So, um, you know, it, it really saves yeah, you time. If you create a system and Expensify is just one of those things. And, you know, there are lots of other tools out there like that um, where you can just take a picture of your receipt, it uploads, and then it goes right into a spreadsheet. So that's, that's it. As far as um, uh, providing or uh, tools for um, stateless persons or dreamers to de develop their voice or enhance their voice. Um, a lot of it has to do with, so one of the things I tell people, the first thing I tell this community is um, even if they, they don't, I'm not helping, I'm not giving them a voice. They already had one. I'm just helping them to harness their voice, right? To restore it. And the power of them um, being able to tell their own story and, and knowing that they have the right, they control their narrative and who hears their narrative. So that's the first thing. And then one of the first, the other things I tell people, particularly that community, when they reach out to me is create a timeline of your story just bullet it. Cause sometimes, you know, the idea of, of listing or writing out a story is overwhelming for most people. So just bullet out a timeline, right? Just from the beginning to end, the beginning of the immigration journey to the end, what happened, where were you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's where I start. 
Because that that's where I, when they can share that with me, I can start to fill in the blanks by prompting them with questions. So can you tell me this? Can you share this? And then the other thing I ask them to do is, um, once you create those bullets, the other thing is um, I have an iPhone, and you know, record it on your voice memo. Record you telling your own story yeah. to yourself on your voice memo. There's a couple of reasons why that's beneficial. One, because you get comfortable hearing your own voice and you connect with the power of your own voice when you hear it. That's the first thing. The second is if they needed to talk to or connect with an attorney, sometimes these stories are so traumatic and painful. It's hard to have to relive it and retell it over and over. So if you record it already, right? You can just press the play button as like the first, you know, that initial conversation you have with your attorney or consultation, you can just pass on that recording to your attorney, your immigration attorney, and that becomes a framework in which that they can, you know, start to understand your case. And so yeah, I think yeah. that's really, really powerful. And that, that can be useful for not just stateless individuals and dreamers, but anyone who's gone through something that's really trying and requires, um, particularly around social justice issues, and they know that they will have to, um, there's an element of them having to reshare that story in some capacity um, to access, you know, some level of freedom. Yeah, it's interesting because we do, uh, you know, I, I help people build heroic brands, right? That's what, that's what we do is we help them build their brands. And one of the things that you have to, to work on is learning how to tell your story. That's right. right? And, um, and it's the, we, we, we do the same kind of things where it's like, Hey, you know, let's, let's talk about the, uh, the timeline of your story. And, you know, mm -hmm. you know, we go through things like your origin story, which is the beginning, right. And right. things like that. And, and, you know, where the, the big shifts were in your, um, in your life, the things, you know, it went, you know, here's what it started out like, and here's when we ran into our big thing and that led us to our new, our new discoveries, right? Like the, they always follow that sort of a, a hero's journey. Um, right. So it's interesting to me that like when we talk about marketing and getting, you know, if, in order to build a brand, you have to learn how to tell your story and learn how to put it in your voice. And we do the same kind of things, record it, you know, right? Right. and then transcribe right. it and then work on it and massage it. So it's the, it's interesting that, that um, we use the same sort of tools to help people build their voice in marketing that you guys are using to that, help you know, dreamers and stateless people build their uh, their stories and build their case to become citizens. Yeah, and it's the same framework that I use when I lead a storytelling workshop with corporate executives. It's the same framework because there is, I mean, the, the fundamentals the story of storytelling is the same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's so cool to know. I love that. <laughs> awesome. Speaking of heroic tools, I want to take a few minutes to tell you about a tool we built that powers the Hero Show and is now this show's primary sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. 
The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro-celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. And now we're back to the hero show. I want to talk a little about your own personal heroes, right? So every hero has their mentors, right? Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad, and Spider-Man had his uncle Ben. Who were some of your heroes? Were they real-life mentors, speakers, or authors, maybe peers who were a couple years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in your business and your nonprofit? Yeah, um, absolutely. So there's one hero um, whom it was, her name is Immaculate Ilibigaza. I heard her speak when probably 15 years ago. All right. And, um, she was speaking to, she was a speaker. She was survived the Rwandan genocide and she was speaking to this, um, this organization of, I guess they essentially they were former inmates and they went through this program that supported them so that they, you know, they, they weren't part of that recidivism rate you know, the likelihood of, of, you know, individuals to get, to go back to prison after they're released. And, uh, a friend of mine worked for that organization and invited me. I was a little nervous, like, okay, I'm going to be in a room full of inmates. <laughs> that was my own, you know, ignorance and concerns. But, um, I went anyway and I sat off to the side and I just listened to her and I watched her. She owned the room. She had so much power, so much strength, so much grace, um, so much authenticity in how she shared her story. It almost sounded like it was the very first time she told it. And I know that sometimes storytellers, they have um, a tendency, some storytellers um, to become very mechanical, right? In, in how they tell their story over and over again. But when I observed her, it felt very authentic. It felt very real. And I remember I was so young then and I thought, I want to be just like her. That's when I knew that I wanted to stand in a room, like whatever my, what I did in my career would involve me being in large rooms of people and I would be the person speaking and I would be sharing my story, my experiences to harness everyone else's powers or superpowers. And I knew that I wanted to be an author because of, because because I read her book and I just thought, oh my God, she's been through so much. And then I was also clear that, you know, what I say is sometimes you read books about individuals that escape horrific experiences. And, you know, there's sometimes this feeling of overwhelming, you know, this overwhelming feeling where people go, oh, that was so awful. And they close the book and they put it aside and they never look at it again because they can't process it. It's just too painful. It's beyond their capacity, you know, um, of comprehension. So I was clear that I did not want that either. You know, I wanted to be like an immaculate, um, where people read her book, they learned about her story and they wanted to do something, right? 
they learn skills from her experiences. And so she was my hero. She still is my hero, right? Um, I just, I, I wanted to do that. And so I literally decided from that day forward, like I'm going to get over my fear of public speaking. I am going to win my immigration case because when I do, I'm going to be standing in front of people, myriads, a myriad of people, large groups of people and telling my story. And then I'm also going to be able to teach people something. And at that point, I didn't know what it was. But that literally influenced uh, the trajectory of my of my life. So she is my hero. Awesome. Yes, <laughs> that's really cool. And and just just because I'm curious, one of the things that I've noticed happens a lot is the people who are your heroes don't always even know how much impact they have made on your life. Does she know at this point, or is is she still? I mean, she's a celebrity. So I don't know that she knows. I mean, I may, I probably, I sent her, you know, you, you, you put, post something on Twitter, but I'm sure she gets a lot of tweets from thousands of yeah. people around the world. It's, so, um, I don't know that she knows. It's one but, of those things um, that have always, it's always struck me, right. That, that you don't always know who you're influencing, right. So um, you have to get up every day, whatever it is you're doing, give it your all, give it your hundred percent. Yeah. Because the people that you're impacting, they have like you have that ripple effect when you go out and you okay. give your value to the world, right? That's what she was doing, and she was giving her value as best best she could. That's and look right. at you know just just the little ripple effect from from one person that heard her all those years ago, right? That's and everything right. you're doing now as a result. A Forty five minute conversation, presentation, our speech, and changed the whole trajectory of my life. Absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so what I want to talk about then is I think something that goes, it goes along well, right. With the, uh, the, the is called your, your guiding principles. Right. And, you know, one of mine is to give your all all the time. Right. Um, you know, which, which I think ties into that last point. Um, but one of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code. For instance, Batman never kills his enemies. He always brings them to the Arkham Asylum. So as we wrap up this interview, I want to talk about the top one or two principles that you use every day in your life. Uh, maybe something you wish you would know when you first started out on your hero's journey. Well, I've always known this, and um, because it's worked, I really believe it. I don't just know it; I believe it. And it's you know, I really believe in the impossible. I, I you know, it's Lewis Carroll said it in, in Alice in Wonderland that you know, I think up, uh, you know, I think a thousand impossible things a day. You know, I, I literally that's I, I when I was younger, I called it daydreaming. I would just daydream about all these things that I would that I wanted to experience in life and all the places in the world I wanted to travel. I was just daydreaming, but little did I know that I was actually visualizing. And some of the best athletes, some of the most influential, um, you know, figures in, in our, in our world, um, visualize. And so what you do is you basically live out, um, you know, you live out, um, an idea, um, that hasn't come to fruition, you live it out and then you're actually able to manifest it. I didn't know the power of visualizing and I just called it daydreaming. And, um, and, and, and little did I know that everything I visualized, like it hit me just a few weeks ago, like, oh my gosh, I used to daydream all this stuff and I'm actually doing it. And it's just yeah. mind blowing. And so I, and it really comes from when you visualize, um, sometimes some people will refer to, you know, the, 
what you're, you, you desire is lofty goals. I don't believe that anything is lofty. I, I believe anything can be achieved really. Um, and yeah. so that's just, that's just how I live my life. And that's how I've gotten from where I came from as this orphaned, undocumented, you know, girl from Zambia, um, to the person that I am today, you know, it's because I just live in this place of impossibility and I make it possible. And then the second one is that life is not fair. It has never been okay with me. So that's saying that, oh, life is just not fair. I'm not okay with that. And so that's why I do the work that I do. That's why I do the work that I do around diversity, equity, and inclusion in workplaces. That's why I do the work that I do with managers and, and equipping them to be more effective managers. Because it's not okay to just accept that life is not fair. Well, if it's not, then what can we do to make it more equitable? Awesome. Yeah. I, I really love the whole point about visualization. I, I, uh, I remember, you know, about 10 years ago, I had a, uh, uh, I had something I called a dream board, right. That I had up on, on mm-hmm. our wall and it was yeah. just like newspaper clippings and magazine clippings of all the things that I wanted to do in my life. Yes. Um, and, um, we had moved a number of years ago and I had taken all those down and put them in a folder. Um, and I pulled them out a couple of years ago and realized that, um, every single thing that I had clipped and put on that board, I had done. Um, and so it included everything from like traveling full time with my family to, you know, like I wanted a nice set of chef, chef's knives. And like, it was like little things like that. And I had all sorts of stuff on my, on my board and every single one of them, um, I had done in my life because I put them on the board. Um, and, and it's, it's amazing how you can, uh, um, you can affect the outcome of your life by doing those things. And like my, my wife and I do things like, you know, when we were stationary, we used to go to open houses in the, you know, in um, to the nice, nice, the nice area of town with all the the fancy like mansions and stuff like that, and walk. <laughs> we'd go to a, you know, we'd go and look at RVs before we could actually buy an RV and travel and stuff like that, right? And it's it's this idea that you know you you can you can affect the outcome of your life by the inputs that you put in, um, and right. you know it's it's a powerful thing. A lot of people don't know that it that they can do it, and like I had, I had people tell me I was crazy and. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah that's we the thing. You not everyone will get it, and so um, you know, one of the things I always caution, I I suggest to anyone, particularly those who are on this entrepreneur journey, is you don't have to tell everyone your dreams and your your you know your 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 goals. Not everyone will get it. Not everyone will support you, and it's only based on their own experiences and their understanding. Um, you know, and so some people will caution you because they think they're trying to protect you, but it, it might actually end up holding you back. And so you really want to be mindful of what you say and who you tell your dreams to. Some people are better off um, you telling their dream, your dreams to after you actually make it happen, right? Um, because it just you you don't want it's it's, truth in that. yeah. So that that's something I I just wanted to add to what you were saying. So that's basically a wrap on our interview, Martine, but I do finish every interview with uh, a simple challenge. I call the Heroes Challenge. This is actually how you ended up on our show from <laughs> Paolo Grapponi's interview. Hey. Um, and I do this basically, it's a, whole, it's a totally selfish thing that I do so I can get access to stories I might not otherwise find. So my question is simple. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story with us on the Hero Show? Yeah, that's great. I do have uh, a couple of different people. Um, I will list the um, one of the first 
people that come to mind is someone I just spoke with today. Um, she is actually someone that does work. Um, she has a, a show and a uh, I think it's a podcast called Blindish Latina. And she really focuses on individuals who are um, who are dealing with disabilities and how she wants to create a space in the corporate world where more people with disabilities, you know, have, have a space there and, the, and can, and can have opportunities in the corporate corporate world. Um, and then the other thing along those lines is, um, she wants to help those and support those individuals, um, to feel like they matter because as a response, uh, as a result of their disability, uh, they oftentimes feel feel like they don't matter. And so I actually just had a great session with her where she explained to me why Google Meets is much more helpful for someone who's hearing impaired than Zoom. I had no idea. She literally walked me through that and explained it. And I'm like, oh yeah, my God. Their, uh, their, so, caption, uh, their caption abilities. Their they caption walked, I, I just didn't know. And so um, she's just someone that I think is absolutely incredible. And she, and you know, in her past work, she, she um, had started an organization where um, she really focused on food banks and, um, you know, healthy, being able to distribute healthy food, um, produce to certain communities. So she's just doing incredible, phenomenal work. And, um, um, I, you know, absolutely, I would love to connect her to, to this, uh, amazing show. And, uh, what, what was her name? Um, her name is Carolina. Awesome. So we'll we'll see if we can connect afterwards and get her uh, an introduction for the show. Yes. Um, and so thank you for that. Um, and you know, so now it's it's basically time for our send off in comic books. There's always the crowd who cheers on the hero for their acts of heroism and thanks them <laughs> for their work. Um, so as we close, what I want to do is I want to find out where can people find you if they want your help in the future. Where can they go to light up the bat signal, so to speak, and say, "Hey, Martine, can you come help me?" Um, and more importantly than where they can find you is who are the right types of people to reach out and say, hey, you know what, I'm, I need your help. Absolutely. So we'll start with if you are an organization, a business, um, you know, a large business, a small, mid-sized business, and you're looking for someone to come and support you and having conversations around diversity, equity, um, inclusion, particularly in response to the national conversation around, you know, racism. I am your person. And if you have, uh, if you're an organization, a business, a startup, and you are promoting people within your company, well, they need training, right? You, you want that you want to equip them with the skills to be able to be great managers. I'm the person for you. Yeah. And finally, if you know someone who, um, is stateless or a dreamer, or is just having challenges with immigration or needs resources, um, again, I'm the person that you can, I'm somebody you can reach out to. So the best way to reach out to me is, um, on my website. So if you just type in, Martine Kalau. Hopefully, there's a way that they can, Richard, we can get my, yeah, we'll my name is not in the, we'll put that in the show notes. Okay, great. MartineKalau.com um, or Martine Kalau Consulting. So, MartineKalauConsulting.com is where you can get all my information about my consulting and my training. And you can also find me on Twitter at Martine Kalau. Awesome. Thank you so very much for coming on and sharing with us, uh, Martine. It's been fascinating to hear what it is that you do and hear your story. 
Um, and again, so if you're one of those companies that's looking to engage with this national conversation we're having about racism today, make sure you reach out to Martine. Or if you know someone who is in that situation, right, where they are a dreamer or they're stateless and they're looking for resources, make sure you reach out to Martine. Martine, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Do you have any final words of wisdom before I hit this uh, stop record button? Um, my final w- words of wisdom is, you know, don't be part, don't focus on the status quo where people right now, people are saying, well, you know, all businesses are failing. This is not a good time for all businesses. There's a lot of opportunity that still exists right now. And, and it's really, I think that, that, um, you can really, you can really access that if you look for it. And so I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity. Don't give up hope. Keep, keep going, keep going. Um, and I wish you all a lot of success and great health. Awesome. Thank you. I completely agree. I think we are looking at probably some of the biggest opportunities we've ever seen in our life today. So I agree completely. And again, thank you for coming on the show today, Martin. Thank you so much, Richard. Bye-bye, everybody. 